0: Welcome to the Milestone Church podcast. Whether you're at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com/messages. Well, I want to welcome you this weekend to the kickoff of our Christmas season here as a spiritual family. It's always a time we love to celebrate together and God does significant things in the lives of people. I wanna look in the camera there and welcome any of those that might be watching in a video venue, in a video setting, in our service here at the Keller campus. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're a part of our McKinney campus or also I wanna welcome our Hazlitt campus. Would you put your hands together? Welcome everyone that's joining in with us this weekend. Well, it's an exciting time. It's been an exciting time in the life of our family, and I know a lot of you have heard me telling the stories leading up to a big moment. If you're new, then over the Thanksgiving break, my oldest daughter, Hannah Grace, was married, and I shared a lot of different stories along the way. Yeah, thank you for your, your celebration with our family and what God's done. And we... Uh, I shared a lot about, you know, as the vision was coming together, and one of the parts I shared was that one night I was sitting at the house watching football, not watching Baylor win the Big 12 Championship, but a different time when I was watching football. But anyway, not that time, but a different time. but. And my wife was online and she all of a sudden got real disturbed to which I was like, what's going on? And she said there was a short supply of fireworks, of sparklers to which I didn't know why we need those in the fall and uh, she informed me it was for the wedding, yet another thing that I didn't know we needed for the wedding, but now after the vision has been complete, I realized it was for the end of the wedding and I just want you to know, we pulled out of this arsenal of fireworks We still have some left if you need some for your New Year's celebration. Uh, We'll we'll get them at a discount since they're in short supply. But uh, we pulled out the longest sparkler that I've ever seen in human history, and we all faced each other. you know, I was just a participant. I'm, I'm not directing anything at this. I was made informed of that early in the process. I'm just on the finance team, so I wasn't able to speak into it. But we pointed these sparklers at each other, and I just had to step in. You know, as as a bald bishop, I had to say, "Look, man, this is this is a problem." Because they pointed at each other, and I saw hairspray begin to flicker in ladies' hairs. <laughs> And, and we were just you know so excited for Hannah and Jansen, we were just gonna burn each other's hair off, which I didn't really care because mine's fine, but I was real concerned for my folks, you know? Like, anyway, so we, we, we had a moment, but anyway, we, we made the little deal. So anyway, thank you for celebrating that, and uh, it's an exciting time to celebrate this month. If you're new with us, You've never done Christmas at Milestone, we go all out because it's a time of the year where people are more open to the things of God, and we want to have an opportunity to show them what Christmas is really all about. And I want to kick that off this weekend. What an incredible testimony! Every service this weekend life-changing, miraculous things happening in the lives of people. This service, no different. What an amazing testimony of God's grace and picture. I, I know our world is all stirred up about so many things, but I want you to know, in that baptismal, we saw the answer. The answer is Jesus. It's the answer of people from all walks of life, different ethnicities, different backgrounds. We come together in one way through the person of Jesus Christ and I wanna celebrate you because you're the real heroes. If you're new to Milestone, we like to say again, we're a family and it's not about the professional people that get up and do stuff on the stage, it's about all of you. Did you hear the stories, my friend? my coworker, I've always said this, the real evangelists are the everyday person, not the guy in the three piece suit speaking. And I wanna just celebrate you for being who you are as a church, for loving people and showing them the love of God, because every one of those testimonies we saw the real hero is the friend, the coworker, the family member, the person in everyday life that shows people Christ and so it's such an exciting thing to witness and see the hope that's found in that, in a world that's looking for hope. We have joy coming up this week, ladies. Are y'all ready? I think there's, I think there's four thousand of you. I'm coming. I think on Thursday I'm gonna have to do something manly. I don't know. I may eat a half a brisket or something, I don't know. I, I, don't, I may not shave for like a month or something, but uh, it's gonna be a lot of estrogen up in the room if y'all know what I'm saying. And so uh, it's gonna be an exciting time. We get to give away so many wonderful things to single moms, worship God, and it's a place where I know a lot of you ladies are touched. So we're really excited about it. I wanna kick off our Christmas season this weekend with talking about something that I think is so important we don't wanna miss it this Christmas. I wanna talk to you about something that I know that we're all looking for. In fact, whether it is some type of service or candlelight moment or joy or whatever it is or a tradition you have in your home or something you do to look at Christmas lights, whatever it is around this time, we have an entire culture that begins to focus on Merry Christmas, I wanna experience joy in my heart and life. I I wanna experience something different than maybe I've experienced all year, and I truly believe this, that this year, there's even a greater, I've been doing this a long time. I've preached a lot of Christmas services, kicked off a lot of Christmas moments, I've done this for a while, but I sense that this year, because of the interesting and historical things we 've all walked through an unprecedented time there's a pent up demand even at a greater degree to experience the joy of Christmas everybody's looking to put behind them the pains and problems and circumstances and variables and tension and stress and maybe you 're just in a basic place where you 're just like i'm i'm just like feel a little bit like sickish or something's off. Maybe you felt totally different. Psychologists, counselors, and pastors begin to think about this time of year, and there's all kinds of postulations and different ways that they try to understand why it is people are either mildly more melancholic or extremely depressed. Is it the decrease in sunlight? Is it the, the busyness of this time of year, of all the activities they begin to think. But I know that this year is even more critical in the lives of people just based on where our world and our lives are. And one thing about it, when you have a global pandemic and you have tensions and you have all this stuff, one thing about that is your life doesn't stop going on. So the truth is you're not as concerned even about what you're watching on the news as you are for your kid or your marriage or your health. And I don't know what you've experienced this year, but I wanna speak to some of you who are mildly melancholic and are a little sick of spirit or those of you that are disappointed or some of you that just say, I'm just discouraged. I'm just discouraged. Or others of you who say, you know what, I'm not in a good place. I wanna talk to you about something that you don't have to look for, you don't have to hope it comes to you. I wanna show you a promise from scripture of what's available to you that I don't want you to miss this Christmas, and it's joy. Now the word joy, if you don't know the biblical understanding of it, you could think I'm really talking about your feelings or your disposition. I'm talking about something way more fundamental and foundational to your soul, and actually to kick off Christmas, I thought maybe we would kick off the way the first Christmas kicked off, because the first announcement about Christmas came with a promise about joy. It came to the shepherds. And different historians have wondered why did the first announcement come to the shepherds? Well, they were just like Jesus always did. They were out on the margins, not among the elite. They were out as more seen as the commoner person, out away, and the Bible says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. The reason he came to shepherds is he's trying to say, no one listening to me. Maybe you're online and you just tuned in and you're discouraged and you're depressed and you're looking for hope. What it's saying to us when it says, he came to the shepherds, he's saying, no one's out of the reach of this message. No one is outside of this promise. Living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Look at the promise. I bring you good news, the good news of the message of Jesus Christ, which a lot of people know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus and the good news that comes with Jesus. They've heard of Jesus, but they don't know the good news that Jesus brings. It says he will cause great joy. Everybody say great joy. No, 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 you do better than that. Great joy. So this this is not common joy. This is not, I feel okay now, but by five o'clock, I'm going to be feeling bad. This is a joy that penetrates the soul that supersedes everything going on. He said, I will cause great joy, not for some people, but for all people. I believe that we've never been more in need of this. We have a desire for it at a greater level than ever in human history. And we need to be experts at biblical joy. We literally do because we live in a time period that requires an expertise around joy that's not common or ordinary because we don't live in a common or ordinary time. There's no going back to the way life used to be 30 or 40 years ago. Because of technology, you have access to every single bad thing happening in the globe at all times on instant access in real time. Oh, oh, you gotta be an expert now. Because you know stuff that you didn't used to know that can rob your joy all the time. At any moment, you know stuff about somewhere that you wouldn't even know where it is that something bad's happening that you now need to be concerned about. So we've gotta be experts, the busyness of our life. Well, I mean, it's not a calendaring problem because we have new elite versions of technological calendars. It's not those calendars haven't slowed our life down. We've just filled up the technological ones. So we live in a busy, challenged, emotionally charged world at all times and once again, Whatever it is that is a part of your story and your journey, your marriage, your job, your desire for a marriage, your challenges you're facing are still coming your way in this heightened place we live today. I am going to tell you, friends, listen to me. We've gotta become experts at biblical joy in our world we live in today. We have to have another level, if you will, of understanding of biblical joy because of the world we live in. I wanna talk to you about why I think it's challenging for us to experience joy. What are some of the barriers? First of all, we live in a performance-oriented world. If you say, Pastor, this Christmas, which is my prayer for you that I've been praying, is that you'll experience God's joy this Christmas. I say, I want that for you all Christmases, but this Christmas, I want it for you even more. But we grow up in a world that we begin to be graded and measured and we learn that if there's something valuable, you have to earn it and you have to get it and you have to achieve it. And so we believe we can perform our way into joy. And I wanna tell you something that's so true in life. If you've lived just a little while, you can be at peak performance from a performance standpoint or a professional standpoint or a career standpoint and in poverty in your joy. You can simultaneously be obtaining that which you never thought you could actually ever obtain and you're further down the road in that area more than you've ever been but lower in your joy than you've ever been. It's completely possible. You can't perform your way into the joy I wanna talk to you about this weekend. Pain. As a pastor for 27 years, I've lived around people's pain. I tell you in our recent time period around people and circumstances and situations, Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. So there's no promise that in Jesus, you have no pain, but the promise Jesus gives us is that in your pain, I have overcome the world. And you may not think it's possible. And if you're in real severe acute pain, you may think this preacher's preaching on joy. He's certainly not talking to me. No, you're the person that I'm talking to. This joy is so supernatural, it it defies all logical sense that you can be in a painful moment, but have joy at the depths of your soul beyond your circumstances that's not explainable. It's just mind-blowing. Pain though, if you're in pain, let me tell you, you need some joy this Christmas. Here's one that I think is so big in our world today, comparison. Comparison, it didn't come from an Instagram post, the phrase I'm about to give you. It didn't come from me, though I've used it in messages. It came from Teddy Roosevelt, where he said, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison robs you of joy. And we have the ability today to look into the window of everyone's lives and see everything they're doing we didn't used to know. This is why we have a younger generation that is absolutely plagued by anxieties and depression because they have a Snapchat version of someone's world at all times that they look at and live with in their bedroom, there's no respite, there's no place away from it, and there's the natural fleshly human tendency to not be in a place where I have nothing to prove and no one to impress, I'm enjoying my journey today. We have this natural tendency to not live there, but to look at someone else's place and compare. Can can I tell you, comparison will kill your joy. I like to say to my family, my friends, a lot of times I'm saying it to myself, we're living it today. Can I encourage you this Christmas? It's not about the meal or the viewing of Christmas lights or the decorations or the thing you're trying to make perfect. If you can be fully present, with the people that you love and enjoy what God has given you, the daily bread he's provided for you and enjoy the moment you've been given and not live in a place of comparison, did you know you'll find a greater joy? You'll find a greater joy. The final one is expectations. And this comes to all of us. We have the ability to project into a world because of the knowledge that we have and what really challenges us is when life doesn't line up with how we drew it up. And we begin to look to the steps that we've designed to provide for us something that they were never designed to provide for us, the joy of our soul. And so this joy is an internal thing, not an external thing. And so our expectations can cause us to live in a place where when it's not meeting our expectations, we are challenged by joy. I wanna talk to you about how you actually overcome these barriers. And again, I'm not talking about something that's just elusive that you're grasping for. What I want you to have is a joy, and maybe this could be a breakthrough moment for some of you. I believe this is something that can become so real, you can actually own it in your life. John chapter 15, Jesus tells us, in fact, how to get that joy. He tells us in John 15, because this baby grows up and Jesus says it's found in him. I, I just wanna encourage you, you again, you can't DoorDash this joy. You, you can't Amazon what Jesus is talking about. I mean, we have so much access to so much stuff, we really believe a lot of times that, you know what, I could get better in where my soul is if someone would just introduce me to the new app or the new process or the new place, the new something. We believe we actually just need something that's right outside of our grasp. No, Jesus is gonna show you how to own it for yourself and it's found in him. You know what else you can't do? You can't borrow joy from somebody else we've got a new vision at our house because now we've accomplished the wedding vision. I got a bunch of girls, so they got the new vision for dad's life. And my youngest said, now dad, Hannah has got kind of out of, she's, she's, she's not the focus anymore. We got to focus on getting me a dog because we lost our dog. So she ha- she wants a dog. And I I have my nephew, he got a dog and um, they got it. And when they picked it up, it threw up on my daughter. And, this, and so then it's, you know, right off the bat, we got problems with the dog. And, and because dogs are problems, and I know y'all love dogs. I mean, over here on Davis, I think they're building, I, I think a Ritz-Carlton for dogs or something I saw. Um, this thing's huge. But anyway, um, I'm just just—I'm still meditating with the Lord. Um, it, we borrowed my nephew's dog, and I, I really liked it over Thanksgiving. We borrowed it. What I really liked about it is when we sent it back with him. I'm kind of preparing for grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Hey, bring them over. We'll spoil them. We don't have to discipline them. We don't have to do di- it and y'all take them off. You know what I'm saying? So I I will say this. Wouldn't it be nice if someone else had enough joy that they could go, hey, here, you're in a real tough spot. Borrow mine for a little while. It it just doesn't work. Your kids can't borrow your joy. Your, Your family can't borrow your joy. They have to know how to get it themselves. I wanna take you to the fundamental place because I could preach all day about the concept if we don't go to the source, the source of the person Jesus Christ, who right here is in this excruciating moment where he's taken all the things that kill joy, he's taken our sin, he's taken all of our mess on himself and he's in such a stressful place that he's sweating blood. This is an intense place. And in the midst of that, he's thinking about you. You may think God is far off, Jesus is some concept. No, right here, he tells us his heart for us. As the father has loved me, as the father has loved me, Jesus did what he did because of the love that he had for his father and the reciprocation of the love that he received from his father. So have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So Jesus is saying, love is the highest motivator. Love is the fuel to what we're doing, but he is saying, do it my way. Don't do it the world's way. Do do it my way. The reason we struggle with joy in our culture is We have a world telling us that if you do this, if you get that, if this were fixed, if they would change, if they would do something, then I could have joy. Jesus says, do it my way. Keep my commands. You'll remain in my love. And just as I've kept my father's commands and remain in his love, he said, I told you this so that my joy may be in you. Notice that. Joy is not found on the external. Joy is something on the internal that is in you. It's on the inside of you. And that your joy may be complete. And he says that in this, again, there's this complete circle that begins to form with the understanding of what joy is. Tell you one more wedding story. I've had several people ask me, say, you know, how are you doing at the wedding? "How, how, How you doing? Did you cry? I'm like, which time? That was an emotional roller coaster. I will say during the ceremony, I looked more put together than I was, but I'd cried all my tears at the rehearsal dinner. The rehearsal dinner, I had a special moment. And again, I had mentors in my life that helped me. I'm not here trying to present some lofty standard or even say I'm the one who has it all figured out. I do want to impart it though to Some of you young dads out there, I wanna encourage you dads, like there is the ceremony and there is the the atmosphere and the emotion, but I do wanna say to some of you younger dads, you prepare for the wedding, not six months during the registry and the service, you prepare for the wedding a long time before that. And so my daughter and I at 11 years old, I had a special moment in a meal with her where she and I together made a covenant for me to be a part of the process and for us to do it together as a team. And we walked that out and I tell you the story just because I I wanna illustrate this at a bigger level, but it was my emotional moment. At 11 years old, we had a special meal together. We walked out, we're at the Gaylord. There's a person that draws people. And in that special meal, I gave her a heart-shaped locket and this artist drew her there and I have that hanging in my office and she wears the locket and has it from 11 years old until the recent ceremony and so I'd been holding on to not just the locket but if you notice the locket has a place for a key and I had the key to the locket which represents my role as her dad, as her covering, as her really eventually became It's amazing if you'll parent your kids when they're little, you can be their friends when they are older. And really her and I became great friends and walked us out and I held the key to her heart. So at the rehearsal dinner, there was this special moment where I shared a few things and I gave the key to her now husband's, uh, gave the key to her heart to him. I cried so hard. I, I cried like ugly cry level. I cried so bad that my voice quit working. Now, I'm an emotional preacher, so y'all have all seen me cry because I'm really, I I have a heart for people and God and I I get emotional, but this was a different level. And I literally, like my words stopped working. And I had one thought in the middle of this, it better come back because I talk for a living, you know what I'm saying? But what a special moment, and here's why I wanna give you an application of that. It is a special moment in our story, in our life, but no matter where you are with any of that, here's the bigger story. I'm a failed, flawed dad who has human love for his daughter, but can you imagine the heart of the Father when what Jesus is saying to us here, I love you, I love you, and when I tell you to do it my way, I'm not doing that to hold out on you. I'm doing that because I love you and I have such great plans for you because I could have had the greatest idea in the world of a locket and a heart. I honor my children because they participated in the process. They didn't have to. We all have kids, they have wills, they make decisions, but they participate in the process. That's a human dad. Can you imagine what God's heart is for you right now where he's saying to you, hey, I got the key just participate with me. Just do it my way. Some of you are like, I need some joy, pastor. You're talking to me. Well, I want to give you just a few ways before I pray for you, because I believe genuine joy is a lot different than our cultural version of just, I feel better now. I don't feel okay. I'm looking to externals. I call it genuine joy. How do you have genuine joy? Not something you borrow, but something you own. Well, the first thing is you have to receive it. You receive joy. The biblical, again, every Christmas story we're going to tell is this moment where there's these angels or there's this setting and there's these normal people and don't be afraid. And I want to give you this great, wonderful gift in the baby Jesus and who he is. But you receive joy from Jesus. And I I want to encourage some of you. If you say, I'm struggling with joy, well, you may be just cerebrally trying to apprehend it. You may be thinking, yeah, I hear you, Jeff, but I gotta work some kind of deal to get this stuff lined up so that my joy will get in line. And you're missing the reality that joy is found in a person and his name is Jesus. And you may think he came to bring a religion. He came to bring a religious setting that if you'll check the boxes, then you'll feel right with him and you'll have joy. No, 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 no. It's a relationship that actually is an exchange. I love Trent's story. I love the stories in these baptisms. I love the the second story there where this, this lady there, she's just powerful when she says, I don't have that anxiety and depression anymore. You know why? Because Jesus makes an exchange with you. What You're like, good news? I thought it was church and preaching and songs. No, no, no. He says, I came to make an exchange with you. I'll take your sin. I'll give you my life. I'll take your death and I'll give you hope for the future. I'll take your misery, your pain, your self-absorption, and I'll give you what you can't ever earn or produce. It's found in Him. And let me just say this, the person preaching to you, when I lose my joy, when I get off in my joy, it's because I'm looking to something else to, to accomplish or a step or a plan or something I'm getting involved in and I lose, that time with him, or I let it just kind of be casual. I'm gonna tell you, where we live today, you better know how to go to that place with Jesus and get joy, because you know what? My wife can't give that to me. She's the most enjoyable person on the planet to be married to, my closest friend. I love her, but let me just tell you, she can't, she's not responsible for my joy. My kids, look, you don't make your kids your source of joy, because they're gonna let you down. Anybody got any? <laughs> Don't make them the idol. Your job, it's not a good source. The Bible says in Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you, fill you. See, this is a filling, a receiving of all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's something you receive as a gift from your relationship with Jesus. And I wanna look in the camera, our campuses, wherever you're at, if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, joy will be always something you're pursuing but you don't have for yourself. Until you sell out to Jesus, it's something you'll want but you don't have because it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Here's number two, you choose joy. Now I know ladies, we're talking about our big women's event. There's these shirts, like a few years ago, you guys were getting these shirts and getting this you know, long sleeve T-shirt, and I think this year you got a hoodie. We don't get that at the men's event. Um, I think, who's in charge around here? When we get in a hoodie? You know, I mean, we get, I don't know, we get Mr. Eddie's barbecue or something, you know, I don't know. But on that shirt, which I see a lot of ladies around the community wearing that shirt, it says, Choose joy. But let me tell you, joy is a choice. It's a choice. If you depend on something outside of you to line up before you'll have joy, you'll never have joy because joy is a choice. And that whole phrase came from a time in our life, my wife, again, we had a miscarriage, lost a baby late term, and I'll never forget my wife. See, you have moments in life where if you go to the right place, joy becomes real to you. And I'll never forget my wife working through the grief of this loss, and I was grieving too, but I honestly, just, just sharing with you, I've, I messed the whole thing up in my desire to try to help her, and I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be good at this. But I was trying to fix it, and this is just some for all you husbands out there. She doesn't want you to fix it. She wants you to listen and walk her through it. And all of you guys are looking at me like you have this, but... You don't have this. So anyways, do this. Amen, pastor. Thank you. Okay. You're like, I got it. No, you don't got it. You don't got it. Okay. You don't have it. But I kind of botched it, really. I messed it up. But I tell you what I did observe in the process. My wife walked through a process where she began to really understand, consider it all joy when you encounter these various trials. That verse went from the pages of scripture to a reality in her heart. And that's why we celebrate here this week, this event where joy becomes something real and becomes something tangible. But you choose it. You choose it. Can I say also to parents, by the way, we have a whole generation struggling to find contentment? You know, the, the, the phrase that wasn't a part of my generation FOMO, the fear of missing out. Like I'm at a place in my life where I have JOMO. I got the joy of missing out. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) when you're young, you're like, I want what they have. When you get my age, you're like, thank God I don't have what they have. I'm glad I'm missing out. Praise the Lord. I'm, you know, leave me out, leave me out. I hear so many parents, I just want my kids to be happy. I just want my kid to be happy. What does any parent want? I want my kid to be happy. You're only as happy as your unhappiest kid. Can can I tell you some of you young families, do not idolize them where they believe you are the source of their happiness. If you try to fix everything, fix their teacher, fix everything about their life and make sure that they never encounter anything that could cause them to have to find out if at the settled level of their soul they actually have joy, then you buffer it all and then they get older and they're like, they just, no, no, they're not happy. It's because we taught them that being happy is based on us making sure you have a happy environment. We don't want to rob them of what taught us how to have to go to God to get joy. Here, newsflash. Teach your kids this. I'm not responsible for your joy. I mean, I grew up, it's like we, we gotta think we've got to be entertained all the time. My parents were like, go play with a stick. <laughs> Of course, we want them to be happy. And if they're going to be happy into adulthood, then they're going to have to, just like you have to, learn how to find joy outside of their circumstances that's at the deepest level of their souls. Here's the final thing. Give joy. Give joy. Not only do we receive it, not only do we choose it, but I want you to hear this. Every person listen to me, whatever campus, I want you to hear this. You give it. You probably know this, some of you, maybe some of you don't. There's this upside down thing in scripture. Jesus loved us so he gave his life away for us. We're never more like Christ than we take the counter view of the world that it's their responsibility to give to me so that I can be joyful. But the scriptural upside down version of life is actually the way you feel your life with the things that you desire is to not be self-absorbed, but to give away the things that you want. I mean, if you say, well, I can't give joy pastor this Christmas. I mean, I, I, I can't do that. My family's a mess. My uncle's gonna mess up Christmas. My mom is gonna come and critique my bows on my tree and I'm gonna have this and that's gonna happen and my kids are gonna go to their other family and then they're gonna miss and I've been trying to put all this together. You know what? There's a way around that. Don't focus on what you are trying to do, just focus on giving joy in whatever circumstance you're in. Giving it away. Can I, can I encourage you? The Bible says when we operate with a spirit of generosity, there's this amazing thing that happens that those who are generous, they themselves begin to be watered. The surefire way to be miserable is while we have a culture that is sick, Because though we've had a lot of challenges over the last several months, we've become self-absorbed. Self-absorbed, it's somebody else's responsibility to fix this messed up world so that if they will begin to do what I want them to do, then I myself will find contentment and happiness. And the more we began to be inwardly focused, the sicker we become. I wanna encourage you. It'll take a shift, it'll take a revelation, it'll take the very life of Jesus. Our world today, self-esteem, you know, you need to to just love yourself, no, 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 no. The Bible says, die to yourself. Now, crucify that person and let Christ live on the inside of you. And the more you do that and the more you give that away, It's amazing what begins to happen. You begin to reap the very thing you have a deficit of. If you're messed up, find somebody more messed up. If you're in pain or hurting, find somebody that's hurting or somebody that's in pain and give away the very thing that you feel deficient in and you'll find it growing and growing in your own soul. I want to tell you this final story where joy for me, it was one of those revelatory moments for me, joy for me. I've told it a few times here, but I I wanna share it again just because it was such an anchor moment for me. And as I talk about the topic of joy, I can't not think about this moment. Five or six years ago, my youngest daughter, Lainey Kate, she began to have an elbow that didn't work. And we thought, when we took her to the doctor, they thought maybe she had had a fracture in it and they put it in a cast and then they took the cast off and it still didn't work. And after consulting doctors and searching, we ended up at Shriner's Hospital in Dallas. And I'm I was a little behind the curve. I'm kind of following along, but I I, I just confess to you, it really hit me like a ton of bricks because I wasn't quite tracking with where we were headed. I thought we were still investigating. When I walked up to the check-in counter, I saw documents about rheumatoid arthritis and juvenile arthritis, and I began to be like, whoa, 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 wait, this is this is different. I, I it just boom, you know, by the way, you want to store up joy today for the moments that are unexpected tomorrow. And I, boom, it was one of those kind of moments. And, um, they ended up telling us that she diagnosing her with juvenile arthritis, which we're praying she's doing better. And we're still believing for God to heal her. And we're, we're walking through the process. It was real intense at first. We gave her medicine where she would She would throw up every Friday, Saturday, and it's why I have a compassion for parents that walk through medical things with their children. You know, don't waste your pain, by the way. If you can find joy in your own pain, then God also will begin to give you a compassion and a humility toward others that are facing things as well, and so that moment in our lives changed us as well, but I will tell you this. The big moment was that that elbow wasn't working, so they needed to put an injection to get it to work, and... Of course, moms are beasts, Brandy was a rock. She was there with her and dad had to go out in the hall and they, they thought they might have to treat him. You know, I was like, oh, you don't wanna see your girls hurting. And they put this big shot, I mean, it was scary. She had had this big challenging news and the next morning we went home, the next morning I woke up, my attention's toward her and so I head toward her room and I get to the stairs and she's coming down, she meets me halfway. I said, how you doing, baby girl? And she said something that still to this day is a deposit in my soul that I'll never forget. She said, dad, it was a tough day, but I still got my joy. And I I thought, you haven't even heard that many messages about that. You haven't even experienced that. That's a deposit from the Holy Spirit to have that understanding. And I want you to just take it from my youngest daughter and how that hit, hit me and wherever you're at today, God wants you to have that supernatural revelation. He wants you, no matter where you're at, to be able to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He wants you to be able to say, no matter what you face now or forever, that you have Jesus, who's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he said, my joy will be complete in you if you'll do it my way. He has that for you. Merry Christmas. It's not very merry if you don't understand biblical joy but God has it available for you. I wanna ask you to bow your heads with me. There's somebody here listening to me, I don't know where you're at, that you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And I wanna tell you again, you can experience true joy in life. I'm gonna ask you wherever you're at, even in a video venue, not to move around unless it's an emergency. It's an important moment right now. There's somebody listening to me, you've seen the baptisms or the testimonies, or maybe God's been drawing you. You've had discontent, pain, depression, expectation, discouragement, all of it has led you to the place where you realize you can't save yourself. And the reason that you must come to the place that you can't save yourself is you'll never put your life in the hands of a savior until you recognize that you can't save yourself. There's somebody listening to me right now. This is your moment. I know you're nervous. You're like, I don't know if I can live up to it. What does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? All of those questions will be answered on the backside of a personal decision. And I'm gonna ask you just by faith to put your life in the hands of Jesus. He's a trustworthy person to do so. He loves you. Christmas is all about him coming to have a relationship with you. And you can just say, Jesus, here I am. Just, it's not about the words, it's about your heart. I give you my life. I surrender myself to you. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead, and I receive you today as my Jesus, my personal Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Fill out a communication card. Come up at the end of the service. Come to one of our Grow Track classes, but I will encourage you to tell someone, because when you tell someone, that then gives you the opportunity to start your journey. It's very important that you share that with somebody. But I wanna say to everyone, whether you're watching this message later, by video you're here, God puts you on my heart. And there's some of you here, every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, I believe God connects by us responding sometimes, but I believe there may be some of you who need to say, Pastor, I need you to include me specifically in this next prayer because I've lost my joy. I need God's joy in my life. If you say, that's me, Pastor, would you just slip your hand up and say, pray for me right now, Pastor? Thank you for your honesty. Hands across this room. Lord, I pray right now for every person with their hand lifted that you would go beyond my words. You would do something that I want so desperately for them, but I can't make happen. I can't give it to them. But Jesus, I pray that in this moment, there would be a revelation to such a degree, Lord, that they walk out of this place or listen to this message and they are changed. That Lord, you deposit in them the very nature of who you are. We can count on the fact that you will give us joy because Is based on your nature, not ours. And we receive it today. Let us throughout this Christmas season share joy, share life, share stuff coming from us that's not of us, but it's supernatural because it comes from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.